welcome to the Savvy Spending Podcast, where we discuss tips and tricks for building healthier financial habits. I'm your host, Tiara Jackson, and on today's episode, we'll dive into one of my favorite topics, traveling. Yay! I'm going to talk to y'all about my blueprint for traveling to luxury destinations on a shoestring budget and share some tips about how you can do it too. Now, before we get started, I like to give a disclaimer that I am not a finance professional. All information shared on the Savvy Spending Podcast is for informational purposes only and are based on my personal experiences. So nothing discussed on this podcast constitutes as professional or financial advice. To seek such advice, you should consult a legal, tax, investment, or financial professional. And with that, let's get into the show. So talking about travel, I can really talk about this all day. (laughs) We're going to start with the very first steps that I like to take. And that is the research phase. I love to start with a blank Google Doc. It's almost like a blank sheet of paper. (laughs) And I use Google Docs for pretty much all of the planning for my trips. And so when I'm talking about planning a trip, I'm really kind of talking about your more foreign type of trips, right? But it can definitely still apply to domestic. You know, if you're going to Myrtle Beach or Miami or California, definitely all relative. But this is also very critical for international trips because you'll have less insight about what things are going to cost and types of places to stay and things like that when you're looking at international. But definitely this can be applicable to both. So circling back to that Google Doc, I usually split it up to into a few different sections. First and foremost, I want to figure out where am I going, right? Likely that's where everybody starts. And so for the sake of this conversation, let's just say Thailand. I went to Thailand for my 30th birthday. I had never been to Asia before, so it was a completely new. I had no idea about anything to do with Asia, with Thailand, with, you know, any of that. And so when we first made the decision like, hey, let's go to Thailand, the very first thing to do was like, okay, but where in Thailand? I started with looking, really researching the country. And you can do that in a lot of different ways. There are so many blogs on different locations that you can go. What would someone do if they're going to be there for 10 days? You know, things like that. So I looked at all these different blogs to kind of get an understanding of what parts of the country that I wanted to go to. And that's a great way to kind of start when you're looking at any area, like what if you want to go to Florida, what part of Florida, right? With Thailand, uh, we decided on Bangkok, which is like the crazy busy city. And then we decided on Chiang Mai, which is the countryside. It's more of a traditional experience, I would say. And then I can't go anywhere without going to a beach. So we decided to end up in Phuket before we left. And so I was really able to figure out how much time would be appropriate to spend in each of those locations and what order in which I would like to go on the things to do. So all of that goes on to my Google Doc. And then the next step is researching flights. I like to just get a basic understanding of what are historical costs for flights to that location during the time of year that I want to go. And if I don't know what time of year specifically I want to go, then I can use that historical flight data to kind of inform. So I'll look and I'll kind of pair up not only the historical flight data, but I'll also look at the weather. 
with Thailand, I did know I wanted to go in February because it was for my birthday, but I may have chosen another location if that was their rainy season or if the flights were going to be crazy out of this world. So I'll look at a couple of different, I'll just do a quick Google search on which the flights cost to Thailand in February or what's the cheapest time to fly to Thailand. Um, if you do that, you can get some insights. Now I will tell you, and you probably already know this, COVID has changed near everything. So those historical figures that you're gonna find might not be relevant. I definitely tell you, I've always been a person that planned my trips far in advance, but with COVID, ain't no questions asked. Like you really need to be booking out because the flights have gotten so expensive. I think it's not just COVID. Obviously we're in a state of inflation. So things are just crazy high. I like to consider that um, trying to save money. As part of researching your flights, you not only want to know what time of year that you should go, uh, how far in advance you should book your flights. You can also find that through a Google search based on historical data. But you also want to understand like what airlines. So if you're flying domestic in uh, the United States, it's a bit easier because you know you have like your United Airlines, your JetBlue, and then of course Spirit, which I'm not gonna talk about that today, but what Spirit is amazing for short. I had just this is my first time doing it this year. Um I flew Spirit uh two or three times, and I honestly have nothing but positive things to say. I have different things to say about Frontier. But I'm gonna get off on a tangent. <laughs> so when you're flying domestic, you know, it's kind of easy to figure out your flights. When you're flying international, a whole new ball game. You got all these different airlines. You got, you, there's just so many. I can't even think of all of them off the top of my head. Some of them can be very expensive, but some of them also are like uh, really reasonable. And so we ended up flying with Qatar Airlines. The reason why we chose Qatar is because uh, the route. And so that's another really important thing for saving money. So when you're flying somewhere very far to get to Thailand, it was a 24 hour flight. Um, I looked at where is it gonna lay over? How long is it gonna lay over? Cause then you gotta calculate those costs, right? If you have like a 24 hour layover, you're gonna need a hotel. There's an, an increased cost or you're gonna stay in the airport, probably spend more money on food, you know, you're gonna be super uncomfortable. Uh, so uh, there's, those are things that I like to consider when I'm thinking about that cost. Uh, researching those airlines, I do a deep dive, check out uh, Help, check out TravelZoo, check out TripAdvisor, check out all these sites to give you an understanding of like what those airlines, the experiences, because I will say, while saving money is important, art is also important. So if you're gonna be flying for 24 hours, you don't want to be on a trash you just don't. You don't want people with really terrible customer service. You don't want to be cramped up because that's a very long flight and that's going to be a really poor start to your trip if you're just getting off the plane super unhappy because your flight got delayed because this airline is known for paying um, flights or, or whatever. So those are all things that you need to do during what I like to call the research slash due diligence um, test. Then the next thing that I like to look at is the accommodations. Where are we going to stay? Um, again, I'm a super budget-friendly person. I like nice stuff, but I also like a low price tag. So I always check out Airbnb 
VRBO. Um, I've even stayed in hostels. Um, when I was traveling across Europe, I stayed in a lot of hostels, which most Americans I know are like, what? A hostel? I'm not going to lie to you. Very pleasant experience. I've even stayed in a hostel here in the United States, in Miami, my very first trip to Miami, which ended up being the reason why I moved to Miami for uh, a bit of time in a hostel. And so, you know, I, I keep an open mind when I'm looking at accommodations. I want something that is convenient. So that's like close to, um, to, to not even necessarily tourist attractions, but nice things, food, um, things to do at night, you know, things like that. Um, I also look at uh, rental cars. So if it's going to be, if does it have parking? Does it have a kitchen so that I can save money if I want to cook breakfast or maybe whip up a dinner or something like that? Those are like the key things I'm looking at with my accommodations. And I'm also looking at how quickly they're filling up. So I'm sure we've all been on Airbnb or VRBO and you could see like 75 people are looking at this or, you know, something like that. And that also comes up on like a booking.com. Um, so I keep that in mind because you don't want to wait too late to book um, because then number one, the prices are going to go up and the inventory is going to go down. So you want to be mindful. I will say typically I like to book a big trip six months to a year in advance. And that is another huge budget saving thing. Number one, when you're booking out that far, you got a lot more options, a lot more options with the accommodations, a lot more options with the flights. And it leaves time for you to change your mind or, or make updates. Because if you're booking on like an Airbnb, even a hotel, even a bookings.com, usually you can change your accommodations at no cost. And so if I book it six months to a year out and then I find something better, I can make that switch. But at least I know I have something locked in. Um, when it comes to the flights, not so much because if you want to save, then you don't get the flight that you can get a refund on during COVID. Yes, you could pretty much get your money back like easy, easy. But I know a lot of people weren't traveling during COVID and, and that's smart. Um, so I, I like to do, do things, you know, pretty far out. It gives me time to save money. Um, for my trips. I don't like to go on trips where I owe money when I get back. When I go on trips, they are completely paid off because I have made a budget that has enabled that trip to be paid off. And so the longer, further that you book out, the, um, the more time you have to save. And so um, the next thing that I really like to look at is food options. So <laughs> my husband laughs at me because when we're going on a trip, circling back to Thailand, um, or really anywhere, but because I'm kind of using Thailand as my example here, I like to get on Google Maps and tour the entire area. I, and by the time we get there, I feel like I've been there because I know what the streets look like. I know what it looks like outside of our hotel. I know where all the places that we want to go look like. Because if you go to Google Maps, you literally can walk the streets. Like, you can pretty much see everything. And so it just makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. And it also makes you feel, um, well, it, it makes you a little more empowered when you're there because you're not sitting around twiddling your thumbs like, hey, what do you want to do? Hey, where do you want to go? Because you've already explored the city or the town. And so 
Um, going back to food, what I like to do is research restaurants. I love happy hour. I look up all the happy hours with the good reviews, places that are near and far to where I'm staying uh, so that we have options. I look at dinner restaurants. I like to go to like a nice restaurant when I'm there um, at least once, but I also like to go to like the budget options. I love going to local eateries where like a bunch of locals hang out. So I research all of that. I don't want to go to a place where a bunch of tourists are because hello, cha-ching, that's going to cost more money. So I try to find the local hangout spots where I'm going to really be able to get the feel of how the locals live. And that to me is part of the experience of traveling is really getting to soak in the culture. So I will say that typically if you do go to those local spots, it is going to be more affordable and you're probably going to get better food and you're going to really meet some cool people. At least that has been my experience. And so in that same vein, the next thing I like to look up that I add to my Google Doc is things to do. What is the nightlife like? What is the day life like, right? Like where do locals like to go? What are some of the best beaches that like locals hang out where it's not going to be a whole bunch of tourists or vendors selling chairs and umbrellas for freaking $20 a pop? No, I want to go where uh, folks are hanging out and like grilling on the beach and bringing their own chairs because I beach really hard. And when I say I beach hard, that means we packing up everything. I always pretty much bring it. I pretty much always bring a tent. I bring a cooler and we usually buy it when we get there, just like one of the styrofoam ones or, or even like a decent cooler. Um, we're loading it up with snacks and drinks and all the things that you need because that's going to save you money. If you hit up the local Walmart or the local shopping center and you stack up on snacks and sandwich stuff and, uh, you know, waters and your, your alcoholic beverages or whatever it is that you like to enjoy when you're at the beach or when you're, you know, going on a hike or whatever, you stack up on that stuff before, trust me, you're going to save a lot of money. Um, so those are things that I like to do. Okay, I'm gonna be really transparent with y'all. <laughs> and please don't judge me. There's one other thing that anybody who has traveled with me knows that I like to do to save money. So I mentioned that I do not like to use, to like pay for the umbrellas and the chair. But if you wanna travel cheap, you're not traveling with that stuff on the airplane because that's gonna be an additional carry-on. So I must admit that I am a person that will go to Walmart or, you know, whatever and buy a chair and an umbrella and sometimes, sometimes a lot of times, I take it back at the end of my trip. <laughs> and so I kind of borrow it from the store so I didn't have to pay. Um, or I'm not going to lie, there have been times though when I'll buy it and maybe, I mean, they're pretty cheap. It's like 10 maybe you know 20 bucks and if you're gonna be there like five days or even freaking three days it's worth just gonna go ahead and buy the chair and the umbrella because you're gonna pay that for one day on the beach so i will buy it and if if i don't take it back i'll usually gift it to someone else that i see um you know that's at the beach and might not have those items and that to me is kind of like a little pan it forward thing and i think that that of course comes back um tenfold as well so that's another little trick that i like to do to save money when i go on the trips um 
Another thing is like budgeting. So if you've done all the research that I've just said, if you have looked up flight costs, if you have looked up the housing, if you have already looked up food and like what it's gonna cost to do all the things that you wanna do, you should have a very good idea of how much money you're gonna need to have a really good time on your trip. And so just pulling a number out of my behind, I, which I do not like to do, but just to say, let's say, okay, $100 a day, and I'm gonna be there for five days. I'm gonna need $500, right? I always like to include a little bit of a buffer just because things happen or, you know, you might see something cute that you want to pick up. So maybe I'll give myself like $150 um, flexibility range, but it's very important to have a budget before you go. And I'm not saying like be a stickler, you're on vacation, have a good time, but be cognizant because like I said, I don't like to come back home and owe money. When I go on a trip, my accommodations, I like them to be paid for. I like to have already set aside the money for the food and all the things I want to do so that when I come home, I'm not like, golly, I got to pick up extra shifts or I got to do X, Y, Z, you know, to make some more money to pay for a trip that I don't went on. No, I want it to already be paid for. So it's important to understand, get you a baseline and don't pull numbers out of your butt. Me and my husband talk about it all the time. That is setting you up for failure. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to just take, you know, like a thousand bucks or, oh, I'm going to Thailand. It's super cheap. So I'm just going to take, you know, X amount of money. Look it up and base it on real numbers. And then when you go on the trip, what I like to do, and I'll talk about some of my favorite credit cards in future episodes, but I like to use my rewards cards for every single thing while I'm on the trip. For my Ubers, for my hotel, for my Airbnb, for my food, for everything. Unless, of course, it requires cash. Um, I like to use my rewards cards. Number one, that helps me make sure I'm sticking to my budget because I can look at all of my transactions on my credit card statement. Number two, I'm making money for spending money. So for some of my favorite cards, you get triple points for travel things. So if I'm using Uber or Lyft, I'm getting triple points. If you're using the Capital One um, card, no, no, I'm sorry, not Capital One, the Chase card, which I'll talk about later, I'm getting 10 points for using Lyft. And then you get triple points for your hotel and double points for, or triple points for eating out and things like that. So I'm making money on the money I'm spending and then that because I budgeted before, I already have that cash set aside in my you know checkings or savings account or whatever. So when I get home, I just pay it off. But the money was already designated. However, I've saved money and I've also like made extra money and gotten all these points that I can use towards a future trip. So those are just a couple of the ways that you know I really like to um to implement, to, to help me save money when I'm on a trip. I found great success. I'm telling you, the earlier you start planning, the better um, you will be able to go anywhere in the world that you want to go. It is possible. I haven't been everywhere in the world, but I have been a lot of places. As you heard during this example, 
from Thailand to Greece to Italy to Amsterdam to Switzerland. I've been a lot of places and the way I was able to do that is by following some of these principles that I shared here today. Um, I'd love to hear any other like money saving tips that you guys have when you go on trips. Or if you have any questions, like feel free to hit me up. I'm also happy to share um, my template, <laughs> my Google Docs template. Uh, just don't judge me because I know that they are a little like uh, extra, but to me it's fun. I love planning out my trips. It gets me even more excited for my trips. And um, oh, a few things before I go that I did forget to mention is when it comes to traveling, like I said, I usually get the flight that is the cheapest. Um, so, uh, in, in regards to after I've researched, you know, the airline and all that, I'll still get the flight that's the cheapest. I do try my best not to check baggage. So I use packing cubes, which you can see on my Instagram, uh, the Savvy Spending Podcast Instagram. I use packing cubes so that I can make the most space in my luggage. I am not one of those people who packs 15 outfits because I want options. When I have done the research that I do, I have a good understanding of some of the activities that I might want to do while I'm on my trip. So I don't need all these clothes. And then let's just be real. If you are going to the beach, nine times out of 10, you're going to be in swimwear. So you don't need all these clothes and to spend all this extra money to pack a bunch of clothes that you're probably not going to wear. Um, I do also want to note that while I do all this pre-planning and you know I look up things to do and things like that, it doesn't mean that I don't go with the flow on my trip. These are just little tips and um, research points that I like to have so that when it's late at night and me and CJ are talking like, hey, I'm kind of hungry, what do you want to eat? I can, instead of trying to swipe through Google, you know, and call and see if people are open and all that, I go to my Google Doc that I've already put together and I'm like, well, this place had really good wings and this place has great crab legs, you know, and this place is open late or, hey, it's like five o'clock, let's hit happy hour over here, it's really popular. It saves me a ton of time, which allows me to enjoy my trip more. So I spend the time doing that, like, scrolling ahead of time which gets me excited about going and then while I'm on my trip I can spend the most time just freaking enjoying it you know <laughs> um I hope that you enjoyed this episode I hope that you um found you know something new <laughs> that you're like oh I'm gonna try that and again if you want to um hear any other details or you got questions just hit me up at savvy underscore spending underscore podcast on Instagram. And I am happy to answer any questions that you might have. Uh, thanks again for tuning in and I'll talk to you.